unsettling experiences happen to everyone. Whether the events are tethered in something that would be called paranormal or in something more tangible. Either way, these experiences can be horrifying and may linger for a very long time to come. On March 11, 2016, a Reddit user named Newsies on a Mission posted a rather bizarre experience that they had in their past. Their story claims that between the ages of five and seven from their second floor bedroom, haunting faces could be seen when they looked out their bedroom window. Faces that stared back inside the bedroom at them. The house was in a heavily secluded area, a farmhouse to be exact, with no one nearby that would have perhaps explained what had been occurring for those two years. For those two years, they would see these faces in the window every single night. Some of the faces were normal, some had on bizarre expressions, and others were terribly distorted. The Reddit user years later chalked this up to an overactive imagination, but things would take a strange turn. Quite some time later, they moved out of the tiny farmhouse with faces in the bedroom window and into a new home. Jake had a five-year-old daughter named Lily who took over the bedroom the Reddit user once occupied. Eventually, the Reddit user decided to visit Jake in their old home and during their visit, Jake brought up a topic that shook the Reddit user to their core. Every night, Lily claims she sees faces in her window, Jake said, and she won't go to sleep. Newsies on a mission while shaken up didn't mention anything about their experience seeing the faces at that point, and despite not believing in the paranormal, they were understandably chilled to the bone. A number of other Reddit users claim that there might have been carbon monoxide poisoning to blame, as this can trigger the very stereotypical haunting experiences that people claim to have. Eventually, Newsies on a Mission decided to tell their friend Jake that they also witnessed these faces when they were Lily's age, but Jake didn't believe it. However, it was suggested that Jake should test the home for potential issues like carbon monoxide poisoning. According to the user, Jake did test his home and found nothing alarming whatsoever. Perhaps the only way for a person to know about these faces for sure would be to spend a night in that tiny farmhouse bedroom. Anyone knows that going somewhere by yourself at night can be daunting. Even more so if you're a girl stranded at a gas station. It can easily become a lot more dangerous than you might think. Reddit user Wonderlandian recounts her unsettling experience after she endured one thing most people absolutely dread. Having car issues in the middle of the night 
in an unfamiliar place. She realized that her tire was leaking air to the point that it was hazardous, so she was forced to pull over at a gas station, where she tried to put air in her tire. Unfortunately, due to a broken valve, the tire wouldn't inflate and instead went entirely flat, and Wonderlandian was forced to call AAA. While on the phone with the AAA dispatcher, however, she had no idea that something horrible was about to happen. A large, older black man approached her and asked if she needed help, disregarding that she was on a telephone call. Feeling a little awkward having someone try to talk to her while she was on the phone, she offered a polite smile and thanked him, and told him she had AAA on the phone and that they were going to take care of it. But the man persisted towards helping her and gestured back at his silver car, which was parked in a dark area of the parking lot. He went on to tell her that he would drive her anywhere that she wanted. She declined again. Then he said he was going into the gas station store for a soda and asked if she wanted anything. She declined yet again, trying to keep her composure as the man continued to push her into opening up to him. After he walked away, she promptly got back into her car and locked the doors. The AAA dispatcher, who had been on the phone the entire time and heard the conversation, asked Wonderlandian if she wanted her to call the police. Not wanting to appear as racist, she told the dispatcher no, but soon came to regret her decision. As she said, she has since learned the difference between racism and looking out for your own personal well-being. Despite Wonderlandian not wanting the police called, the dispatcher still considered the situation unsettling, so she bumped her to the top of the list for help, believing that Wonderlandian was in fact in danger. Eventually, she hung up with the dispatcher and waited in her car for help to arrive. That's when she looked to see if she could see her new friend anywhere and noticed he was standing about 20 feet from her car, staring directly at her with an unwavering gaze. Disturbed by this, Wonderlandian did her best to ignore the man as minutes passed. She would occasionally take small side glances at the man who was still standing there, just staring, for over 15 minutes. She eventually looked away, and by the time she looked back around, he was gone, but certainly not gone enough. She found him back inside the store, crouching beneath a sign on the gas station's window, peering out at her still. Finally, she decided to call the police. The dispatcher offered to send an officer out to Wonderlandian's location, but yet again she declined, claiming that she just wanted the dispatcher to wait on the line with her until help arrived. The dispatcher still asked for her location, and once she gave it, the dispatcher paused before notifying her that the gas station she was at was incredibly dangerous, even by nationwide standards, and that she was dispatching a police officer immediately. The dispatcher told her to remain in her car with the doors locked until either the tow truck or the police officer arrived. Now even more nervous, that's exactly what Wonderlandian did while she remained on the phone. Despite the anxiety of the situation, she felt a little bit more comfortable, not thinking that anything would happen 
and knowing that help was going to arrive. She cast a glance towards the store to see if the man was still creeping around, but he had disappeared yet again. She thought for a moment that maybe the man had finally left. But it turned out that she couldn't have been more wrong. Somehow, without her noticing, the man got into position in Wonderlandian's headlights and was walking right towards her car. She began to panic, and then the man reached down into his pants and withdrew his genitals. At this point, she burst into tears and started shouting into the phone what was happening and looked away, obviously not wanting to see what the man wanted her to. While she was looking away, the man rapidly approached her passenger side door and started attempting to force his way inside. Thanks to adrenaline, Wonderlandian no longer felt like a victim, but felt enraged. She screamed and swore at the man, telling him that she was on the phone with the police and to get away from her car. Thankfully, the man gave up after a few minutes and, instead of leaving, just walked over to some gas pumps as if he was going to make another pass at infiltrating her car at some point later. That's when finally, the tow truck arrived. The tow truck driver approached her car, a little confused that she wasn't getting out to greet him, and then he could see the state she was in. She cracked the door for the driver and told him quickly what had happened, and furious, the driver assured Wonderlandian that he was going to make sure that the shithead didn't leave. The driver approached the creep, who was still standing at the gas pumps, and Wonderlandian expected a fight to ensue, but the tow truck driver did something she wasn't expecting. He asked the man for directions in order to stall for time for the police to arrive, and arrive they did. That's when police officers arrested the man for what he had done, while also finding a crack pipe in his possession and believing that he was under the influence of cocaine. It was something of a happy ending to a rather horrific turn of events. Particular horror movies have something of a bad energy attached to their production. Of all these types of movies, there's not quite a movie like The Exorcist. Reddit user Karth Von Monk explained that he attended a college which was partially used for filming some of the scenes of The Exorcist, particularly the basement level of one of the buildings on the campus. He said that while there were a number of spooky urban legends and tales surrounding his college campus, but any involving the Exorcist movie seemed hokey at best and didn't really get any sort of rise out of him. Some weeks after the end of his junior year, however, these tales would take a rather serious turn. He and some other students were all preparing for a trip overseas and with the campus almost entirely cleared out aside from summer students, they all decided that it would be fun to sleep on campus together before they left for the airport the next day. One of the students who was going on the trip was also a member of the college staff, and they had access to a nice, empty, air-conditioned building for everyone to use. In a good mood and excited for the next day's trip, Karth Von Monk got ready to get some solid sleep before having to wake up and get ready to leave. 
Despite the air conditioning in some other areas of the building, he recalled how hot it was in the room he chose to sleep in. Between the heat and the excitement for his first overseas experience, it was difficult for him to get sleep, and eventually he felt the need to use the bathroom. Unfortunately, the bathroom was all the way down on the first floor, and he was staying in a room on the fourth. The Reddit user knew about the purportedly haunted occurrences that had taken place in this building. Though he didn't buy into any of these things, he also didn't want to traverse a dark building in the middle of the night alone. So he did his best to ignore it, but it became more and more difficult as time went on. Eventually, he bit the bullet and, using his phone's flashlight to see, made his way to the building's elevator that would bring him down to the bathroom. After using the bathroom without any issue, he got back to the elevator and prepared to get back to his room for some much-needed sleep. Once arriving back in the elevator, he hit the button for the fourth floor, and the doors slid closed. At this point, the user felt a little strange. The elevator wasn't going up like it was supposed to. It was going down to the basement level. Being unable to do anything, he just stood there as the elevator came to a rest and the doors parted. Confusion and fear sent him into a cold sweat. No one who would have tampered with the elevator was even on campus, never mind staying in the same building that they were. Any hope of relaxing and getting sleep bled right out of Karth Von Monk at this time. Karth Von Monk claimed that his uplifted and excited mood shifted into more of a down and upset one, as he couldn't drive that night's haunting events from his mind, and he didn't exactly get a very good night's sleep after that either. Realizing it was the basement level, he pinched his eyes shut, not wanting to look out, but even if he chose to do so, the elevator doors opened to pitch black anyway. He frantically pressed the fourth floor button repeatedly until the doors finally began to close. But before they could, they slammed loudly, as if someone had jammed their arm in so the doors wouldn't close, and they reopened. He pressed the button again and again, and the doors jolted and kept from closing. Forced to open his eyes to be sure there wasn't something blocking the doors, it was as he expected and feared. Nothing was blocking the doors. And now he started to think he might have had to navigate through the pitch-black basement in order to find the stairwell. As his eyes peered out into the shadows of the basement, that's when he heard it. A voice muttering in the dark, somewhere down in that basement. Heart pounding furiously, he hit the button again and again until the doors finally did close and took him up to the fourth floor. That's all for now. Remember, you may not believe it, but anything is possible in a world so seriously strange. Looking for a weekend getaway? Maybe some time away from all the hustle and bustle of the world. Somewhere you can find some peace and quiet. Many people choose a cabin as their destination for a relaxing weekend getaway, but what it offers in serenity is matched by its isolation. And we all know what can happen when people find themselves alone, out in the middle of nowhere, with something sinister lurking close by. 
You're about to hear five stories. Some are terrifyingly true, and others are tall tales strictly for the campfire. The question is, can you tell the difference? A husband wakes next to his wife in their luxurious summer getaway cabin after a night of drinking and barbecuing. Still in a bit of a haze from the alcohol, he goes to make breakfast when he passes his daughter's bedroom and notices the door is open and the bed neatly made. He assumes she is probably already awake and moving around, but after searching the cabin, she is nowhere to be found. After contacting the local police, word travels through the small community and dozens turn up to search the neighboring woods for the missing girl. The authorities interview the neighbors and friends who were at the cabin the night before, trying to pinpoint the last time she was seen. But it's the younger brother who saw her last, opening the doors to the basement cellar. No one recalls seeing her after this point, and it's only then that the mother remembers asking her daughter to fetch more meat from the walk-in freezer before going to bed so it could thaw in the refrigerator overnight. They open the freezer to find her lifeless, frozen body inside, where she has been trapped for over 12 hours. A horrific accident that leaves the family feeling their hearts turn stone cold. Walking home to her cabin in a tranquil, wooded area, a young girl senses nothing off about the morning. After staying the night with a friend, she expects to find her family inside the house, still perhaps sleeping. But when she opens the door, the silence is anything but peaceful. Three figures lay motionless on the floor, each in a pool of red. Blood, she soon realizes, each bound at their wrists and ankles. The realization hits her as she stares into the empty eyes of her mother brother and friend, all dead. Frantically, still trying to process the horrific scene, the girl stumbles through the house where she finds her two younger brothers asleep in their bedroom, completely unharmed. But her sister is nowhere to be found. Shocked and traumatized, she leads the boys out of the cabin, telling them to keep their hands over their eyes, all while stepping over the bodies of their loved ones. She runs to a neighboring cabin for help, the whole way telling herself to wake up wishing it were all just a nightmare. A young couple on a quiet retreat to a remote mountain cabin turn in for the night, falling into a peaceful slumber as the snow falls quietly outside. But just as they're drifting off, the man hears a faint tapping sound coming from the living room. Between the booze and the warm bed, though, he has no desire to get up and investigate and quickly fades out of consciousness. Upon waking in the morning, the woman goes out to start the car, but stops instantly at the sight of footprints and blood in the snow. Human footprints coming up to the front door and leading away into the woods, the trail of blood following. The woman yells for her boyfriend to come look, and he immediately calls the police, feeling suddenly unnerved by their isolation. The authorities follow the tracks, and not far into the forest, they find the body of a man in a creek, his feet barefoot and bloodied with severe stab wounds to his chest and torso. The boyfriend thinks of the tapping sounds from the night before, more than likely the frantic knocking of a man in dire need, a man now dead in the frozen crimson snow. Thank <sighs> you. 
A mother drives to her daughter's remote cabin after learning she never showed up for work and didn't call in, something very unlike her daughter. Immediately pulling into the driveway, she knows something isn't right. There are beer cans in the normally pristine yard, and inside the cabin, clothes are strewn about, and her daughter's beloved dogs hadn't yet been fed. Most troubling of all, the daughter is nowhere to be seen in or outside the property. Police begin searching, but it isn't until divers take to the water of a nearby pond that they spot footprints and a drag mark in the dense, muddy lake bed. They don't dive much deeper before finding a barrel, and inside it, the body of the daughter. She had drowned, but the mother believes it's clear the drowning wasn't an accident, especially after the barrel mysteriously disappears from the yard before it can be examined for evidence. What exactly happened to her daughter and who was responsible remains a mystery, one that still haunts her wherever she goes. Christmas seems like the perfect time to get away from the busy day-to-day -day and to spend more time with family. One such family returns to their cabin after some Christmas shopping in the blistering cold. Eager to get inside, one of the daughters rushes up the stairs where she comes face-to-face -face with a man pointing a pistol at her. Another man appears as the girl's mother and grandmother enter and the gunfire and bloodshed begins. Both the mother and grandmother go down in gunfire, and when the father walks in, he too is shot. The daughter and her sister are forced onto the family snowmobiles at gunpoint as the two men soak the house with gallons of gasoline, setting it ablaze just before forcing the girls to drive them away to the family car. The daughters, grief-ridden and fearing for their own lives, comply and can see the smoke from the road as they're abducted and driven away. Their lives changed forever in under an hour. So, now it's time to reveal the fact from the fiction. Which of these stories were false and which were a horrifying reality? First up is our tragic story of a young girl who accidentally locks herself in the freezer at her family's cabin and perishes from the cold. While people have died from this very cause, this particular tale is false. A pure concoction of the imagination. What about our second story of the girl returning to her eerily silent cabin to find members of her family dead? Well, it's not the beginning of a whodunit crime drama. This horrific tragedy is known as the Keddie Murders, where four members of the Sharp family were tortured and killed in their own cabin. Their murderers have never been identified or apprehended. Which leads us to story number three, the couple who hear the knocking of a man slowly bleeding to death out in the cold snow. While the thought of this scenario is certainly terrifying, this one is entirely fictitious, though I'm not sure how many people would have answered the door either way. Story number four, the body of the beloved daughter found stuffed in a barrel just outside of her cabin. While you may wish this were a mere fantasy, it's an unfortunate reality. Debbie Wolf was a nurse who disappeared on Christmas night in 1985, and while the police thought it might have been an accident, her mother always thought otherwise, and no killer was ever found or brought to justice. And our final story of the murder and the abductions of an innocent family during what is supposed to be the happiest time of the year is the unfortunate truth 
of the TD Cabin murders. The two killers waited for the family to return all day and even filmed themselves opening the family's Christmas gifts sitting by the tree. They were apprehended not long after fleeing, and while the killing and subsequent arson were surely traumatizing, both daughters were found unharmed. And the father managed to survive, being shot and escaped before the flames consumed the house. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Seriously Strange podcast so you don't miss what we've got in store for you. Watch the shadows and stay alive out there. Thanks to all of you for your support. The Seriously Strange podcast is made possible due in part to contributions made by our listeners like you. So if you would like to keep the Seriously Strange podcast online and accessible, please consider pressing the link that says support the show in the description of any podcast episode. You can then choose your preferred way to donate and send a contribution our way because we can't do this without our listeners support. If you decide to contribute, it's tremendously appreciated and we thank you so much. We read every single message included with each contribution, so feel free to include your comments or even make a request for a future topic. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot more in store for you. Take care and enjoy your next episode.